Hello, everyone. Don here with Friday Night Stripes. And today I've got Ken Kester from the uh, National Association of Sports Officials, also known as NASO. Uh, welcome, Ken. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Sure. So, so Ken, uh, tell us a little bit about, about your officiating career. What, uh, what do you officiate currently and, and how, how did you get started and, and how long you've been doing it? Sure. I've been doing it well over 25 years, I think, about. Uh, I started primarily on the basketball side with uh, high school basketball. Um, made my way into the college ranks in Division III. Um, and then uh, started football later in my career. Worked on the field in high school and small college and then got an opportunity put in front of me um, to uh, enter into Division One. And then ultimately took a different path once I got into Division One football and was given an opportunity to move into the replay side of college football, where sure. I remain today um, in, in a consortium that involves the Big Ten, the Mid-American Conference, and the Missouri Valley. So I've seen a lot of different sides. I just recently accepted a job to become a coordinator of a Division Three basketball conference. So um, what I do for a living at NESO and at Referee Magazine has given me a lot of tools, resources, and opportunities because I deal with officiating 365 days a year, 24 sure. hours a day, seven days a week, sometimes whether I want to or not. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, I'm sure the uh, pressure on, on a replay official is, is up there as well. Cause um, you don't, you, they're actually count, <laughs> they're counting all of us to get it right, but you get the opportunity to see it more than once, I guess is the way yeah, you really are the fail safe. I get, you know, my, my wife asked me every time I come back from a, a game or a trip, you know, are you enjoying this? And, and I don't know that I do all the time. Uh, it, it's the most amount of pressure I've ever felt on anything in my life involving officiating. Sure. And you're right. You're the fail safe. It has to be right, but it's not so bad. I mean, the, pr the pressure sometimes on whether to stop the game or whether the competitive advantage is enough or are you seeing the right angles and, and it just the time up there goes uh, unlike anything I ever experienced on the field. And um, I, I've never walked away from a game without a headache because uh, sure. you're just so mentally taxed and involved, but it's a necessary part of the game. It's an, uh, you know, it, it's not going to go away. And um, it's neat to be involved with the crew and still involved with that, with, with officiating on that angle of it. Sure. And, and the, uh, the NFHS just passed uh, a, a rule allowing a replay in playoff games for high school. So we're going to see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're going to continue to see this. I mean, obviously we've seen from social media, we've seen in all different levels of sport that, you know, the passion of parents and coaches and teams to for officials to get it right. And I can remember when, when replay started in other sports or the, the XFL or the, you know, you, wherever it started in football, um, sure. officials were a little hesitant, you know, what's it going to do or how's it going to be? And now it's just, if we can use it as a tool or a resource to help us get the play right. Great. Yeah. But you no, know, now it becomes how much should the game be stopped? Is it, you know, lengthening the games do we have the available technology at the high school level or the different angles that we need that you, you might not have on a, on a that you get in a college game but sure. i think this creep this creep and and, and opening pandora's box is inevitable um yeah we move move forward well yeah I, and and i know i know it's going to continue to creep and 
I, I mean, I, I'm a wing official and, and I, I, I normally get probably three to four times a season that coach going, we've got it right here on video. And I'm like, coach, I, I, there's not a thing I can do about what you, what you're seeing. We can talk about it after the game. We can look at it after the game, but it's not going to influence this game right now. So, um, we'll and there's see just certain things that the that naked creates. eye can't see. So, yeah, you know, I, for sure. I, I have a great deal of empathy for those that are on the field that are doing it live that have to make those judgments. Uh, I still want to stay connected to that aspect of it, but this is a whole new industry that's opening up on this side of officiating and it's important to the end product. And, um, you know, I, I, I think sometimes it's, it's not helping the level of expectations at the youth level or on a Friday night uh, based sure. upon what they see on Saturday and Sunday. Sure. Well, let's, let's jump into the, to the NASO. Um, uh, I, I wanted to, to really dive in and, and, and make sure that everyone listening uh, knows what the NASO offers to all its sure. members. Um, I, I, when I was coming in as an official, um, no one really sat me down and said, hey, this is a good thing to do. It's very cheap and the benefits you get out of it are, are exceptional. Um, so, uh, I, I was lucky that whatever things I did get, there was an advertisement for it and I'm like, oh, wait, that looks like it's a good deal. So, um, sure. let's, let's dive into it if we can. So the, 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 the first thing we'll, we'll fly by it. The first thing is the, the referee magazine. Um, right. we had Jeff on, uh, just a couple episodes ago talking about the magazine and all that it offers. Um, and it's a great resource. The, um, the first one I want to dive into is the Sports Officiating Summit. Um, sure. Now, this, is, this year it's in Spokane, Washington. Um, probably very beautiful out there. Uh, I don't know that I'll, I'll, I'll be able to make it to Spokane this year. But let's talk a little bit about what's, uh, what, what the summit uh, brings to the member officials. What, what can they expect if they end up going to this? Yeah, the summit has really become the industry event, and that's the way that we think about it. And it's held annually, and it rotates in different spots around the country. And, and we, pick, we pick a particular theme in advance that's, that resonates and is something that's specific and, and on the minds of officiating leaders, uh, state administrators, uh, governing bodies, as well as officials and local association leaders themselves. So... Uh, that's what we try to do. We get a collection of all sports, all levels, individuals together. Um, it's one of the neatest events I've ever seen where uh, an official that's in their second year of work in varsity can be sitting next to Carl Cheffers or Joey Crawford or some of the names that we have in officiating and shaking hands and discussing what goes on in our industry, all while examining some of the hot topics and the things that, you know, we need some answers to and maybe together we can figure out different ways. You know, last year our theme was recruitment and retention. Sure. And we tried to figure out what are some things that we can be doing differently. And maybe it's not all on the backs of officials to go find your replacements, but on there, are there other ways? And so this event has really become that in addition to really becoming a celebration of officiating, which in, in our world and, and what we do with NASO and referee every day, we certainly think doesn't happen enough. So, Sure. Um, you know, correspond that with those events and watching great plays and figuring out and talking officiating, but examining some of those important issues that are related to what uh, administrators, leaders, officials have to face on a daily basis has made this into really what, you know, I started out by saying the industry event of the year. Sure. So what 
What uh, sports does it cover? And I, I know there are lots of sessions on on just officiating in general, but there might be sports specific ones. Is it the same ones covered in Referee Magazine, or is it? A, yep, a we do that, and then and then depending on where we are and what state and what you know specific state might have an interest in, for instance, uh, you know, and, and we might go to a particular state where hockey's really big, and so we'll have a hockey breakout attached to it, and. We've gone to states before where we've had a wrestling breakout attached, but it is the the six sports that we cover in the magazine um, in great detail, and then others as necessary, depending upon if we feel we'll get enough officials there. Um, there's offshoot meetings that have started to develop so that the you know the governing body leaders or officiating leaders in those respective sports that maybe aren't represented, lacrosse or uh, field hockey or um, hockey, you know, those type of sports can meet and discuss things that are specific to them. I mean, last year we had a, a polo group up on the front stage, you know, that deals with <laughs> polo officiating and, and it was fantastic. We've had rodeo before and we try to introduce some of these fringe sports. I know that the roller sports are going to be in town in Spokane, so we're trying to get them involved um, in the event as well. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it really is when we say at all sports, all levels um, to help you know, collectively together, discuss and celebrate the industry. Sure. So if, if there's a single sport official out there, say just a football official that wanted to go, are, are there going to be enough football and general officiating sessions for them to go to each uh, schedule slot? Um, are there, are yeah, there going to be I, enough of that sort of thing? I think we've primarily developed this, this uh, every year for officiating leaders and those that are groomed to be officiating leaders, but there are uh, significant numbers of officials and that's all they do is officiate that come to these events. And uh, I've told everyone before that, you know, I've seen officials across the country spend massive amounts of money on camps and clinics and want to get better. And that's all fantastic. But this is an opportunity for you to go and meet some of the best and brightest in the industry and, and get a chance to shake their hand and have an off conversation that you might not get at a camper clinic, you know, with the, the leaders in their respective sports or the coordinators or other things and, and really learn and try to break that in. Now, we do obviously spend some time and go into the nuts and bolts and the X's and O's with regards to specific sports. So certainly a football official would go there uh, and, and have that opportunity. But getting the opportunity to bounce things off of Jerry Markbright and Mike Pereira and Carl Cheffers and Bill Carollo and Steve Shaw, th those are invaluable opportunities for a football official that, you know, just happen over osmosis through the course of the event. Sure. Sure. Well, that's great. What is the, uh, what is the theme this year? The theme this year is training. So um, we have dedicated a lot of resources and tried to identify people that are doing things a little different ways. We've got some things coming with regards to virtual reality, but in the same time, we've got some groups that are doing things differently with regards to curriculum, with regards to video, um, with regards to ways that they can help better train their officials, not just in the first three years, but those that have been around for 23 years and 33 years. And how do we keep this fresh and what should we be doing? Can we do more things remotely versus in person? Is, is in person better? It's really a a whole workshop with 12 different topics designed to figure out how should we be training officials? Is what we've done for 40 years the best way? Or are we missing the boat? And we've got some experts from outside of the industry coming in as well to, to tell us some of the, the particular trends in training and teaching 
that maybe our industry has been resistant or hasn't really thought about with regards to help and improve officiating. Because we believe wholeheartedly if the better trained you are, the more success you'll have in this avocation. And that all starts with training. Sure. Well, that, that's great. And it, it, it's something that's near to my heart. I mean, I, th- this podcast exists because I, when I came in, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of um, content out there outside of what NASO was putting out there and, and dribs and drabs there. So, um, uh, and I think tri- what you do and what others are doing, and that's all part of it, and, and that's yeah. part of it as well, and what the official can do on his or her own. But, you know, a lot of times I'll go around the country and meet with different local associations, and, and I joke with them, and I say, okay, you're the instructional chair, you're the president, you know, either you're the most popular official, you're you're highly thought of, or you left the room at the wrong time during elections. But <laughs> now you've got the keys to this car, and oh, by the way, make my meetings good and train me. Sure. So. You know, the one thing we believe at NASO a little differently than some of the general public is that not necessarily reducing the barriers to entry and lowering the requirements will help make our numbers better in officiating. I think we have plenty of cases where the more that they get, the more that they're provided, the more resources and training that they can get from podcasts like this, from other things that they're doing, helps them when they go out on that field on Friday night be more successful. And if we're more successful, we are going to stay in it. Sure, and 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 that's great. I, I know there's a um, we here in Central Florida. There's a Facebook group that that a couple guys put together, and there, there's been some discussion in that Facebook group about how our local association does a good job of training new officials. You know, of, uh, zero mm-hmm. to three years, but there's not a lot for outside of that. And with the uh, with the changes coming to the play clock this year, um, there, there, there's some guys just thirsty for 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 more. For there's veterans thirsty for more. So um, it's certainly a a, a, hu- a big topic, and, and I'm sure it'll be a, a great summit. Yeah, the continuing um, education piece is is certainly yeah, important as well. So for sure. So. Uh, Right now, the the early bird uh, registration fee was extended, uh, correct, till May 31st. Is that right? Correct. Yep. And it's $450. Is that right? That is correct. Yep. And that'll go up after uh, the 31st. But anyone that is interested can still get that until that that day. And um, I would invite them to visit the website at uh, sportsofficiatingsummit.com. Or they certainly can call the NASO office and we can walk them through that as well. Okay. All right, that that's great. And uh, there there is a there's also a discount on there f- for groups, correct? If it's three yep. or more, if, in, if it's three or more, uh, we we do a lot of things. If you are interested in being part of that summit and want to get yourself there, and just have questions about what the best way is to do it, contact our office. We'll work you through it. We'll help you. We want to see as many people um, take advantage of it that want to, and and and, are, and we'll take the time to to make it happen. Okay, great, and and I'll put a lot of those contact details in the uh, in the notes of this uh, episode up on the show website, so that'll we that'll appreciate work. it. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So uh, another another big benefit, and this is the one um, that I, I that the minute I saw this, I signed up for an ASO. It was it, it was an easy choice, um, and that's the insurance, and then uh, a second piece of that is the assault protection. But let's talk about the insurance here. Um, that once I saw that, I was like you know what, that sounds like a really good idea. So let, let's 
describe to everyone what the insurance does for them as officials. Sure. So what, you know, and you mentioned it and you said, I, I think of NESO as uh, really three, um, three legs of the stool. And, and that is uh, education, which we talked about in the magazine and the other uh, resources that are provided. Advocacy, where we go out and try to make officiating better for uh, all levels, all sports. And then the protection piece. And protection is really the insurance side so that you're protected when you go out on the field, the court, the pitch for things that might not be comfortable to talk about, might not be great sides of officiating, but are prevalent and realistic in today's society. And that's protecting yourself from liability claims that might come about from something that you made a decision in a game or somebody got hurt. Um, certainly football officials right now with regards to the concussion aspect and other things that are going on, uh, not just in our industry with regards to officiating, but all across youth sports and high school sports and beyond. Um, there's a need for that. But then we have specific coverages that are just designed through NESO that I think are the best in the industry and why so many people belong. And that's assault protection. It's not fun to talk about, but, you know, we saw a celebrated incident a few years ago in Texas with that umpire that just got, you know, run over purposely, sure. intentionally, um, and, and Robert and what he had to go through after that. But that's a that's assault on the field. But we see plenty of instances of assault off the field, off the court, um, when you're leaving your game or youth sports or other things. And that protection is there should that unfortunate incident occur. But it's also game call and assigners coverage. And, and what that is is, there's not a dollar amount involved. Nobody got injured. It's just really what I call a pound of flesh. Somebody wants somebody else to pay for their son or daughter's misery. Yeah. And I can give you some examples that just make your head spin where parents, you know, one, one official is, is being sued for loss of potential scholarship income because his or her son fouled out of a game in the third quarter and there were plenty of colleges on site to recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not going to go anywhere, but the person involved happens to be an attorney and they know the system and the official involved has to fight it. They're not going to go away. Right. So it's those type of things that we see more and more, you know, squabbles in associations where someone didn't think they got the right assignment and now they want someone that they think got it, shouldn't get it. And they're going to, you know, file a claim against the assigner. Frivolous? Probably. But. You still have to fight it. You still have to. And when you have to fight it and when you have to deal with it, you know, and if you have to go out and get your own attorney and other things, the meter starts running pretty quick and these things can add up. And you don't want to sacrifice what you've done in an avocation and put your family at risk or other things that you've worked so hard in your life to develop just because of an incident when you're going out to make $75, $55, you know, $100 a game. Right, right. And I don't know if this is something you, you necessarily want to share or if it, or if it is something you want to share. Do you, a rough number of claims um, you have in a year. Is that something you'd like to share or not? Well, I don't know this. I, I see the numbers. I, I think sure. last year was somewhere in, in excess of 35 to 50 in that sure. range. Um, it can vary. And, and here's what I tell people all the time. You know, there's one claim going on right now where it has nothing at all to do with the litigants, or should I say the people that were involved. So there was an injury with a baseball player where first brace was not properly attached. Mm. The umpires didn't inspect the field. Um, So the association is named in the suit because they didn't provide proper training and instruction. The umpires are involved, but it's not coming from the person that was injured. 
it's coming from the insurance company of sure. the person that was injured. So what they're trying to do is spread out their losses and minimize their risk and help recoup some of what they've paid out. And so you see this kind of shotgun mentality where they're going to name six, seven, eight people in a lawsuit, not necessarily a lawsuit, but make a claim and figure out, okay, are any of these going to stick? Yeah. And so that's going on more and more where we're seeing requests and claims from insurance companies for participant injuries. And, and all of a sudden the officials involved, and, and in some cases the officials are going, I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I think there's one that involves a concussion, and they named every official that worked a game over a 12-game period. Wow. Because it happened during the season, but they can't specifically pinpoint what game it was. Now, you know right. what happened. An attorney said, wow, I, we can make some money on this deal. Let's see yeah. what we can do. I, I, I wish it didn't happen in our industry. I feel awful for the officials, but that's why the protection is so needed and necessary. And I sit in front of groups all the time and they say, well, it's never going to happen to me. Well, I hope not. And I tell them the same thing. Listen, I have never used my homeowner's insurance for a fire and I hope I never do. Yep. But you just want to prepare yourself should these things happen because the litigious nature of our society is not getting any better. Yeah, and and I think you you hit the main the, the the major point is that it doesn't even have to be the people involved. Yeah. If there's an injury, the insurance company is going to be looking to recoup their money. Um, so I mean, a celebrated one many 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 years ago that I'm sure you read about in Texas, where the the football official ran into the coach on the sideline. Sure, and, and the coach ended up dying. I mean, the, those officials developed a fantastic relationship with the coach's family. But right. then that lawsuit went for seven years because it was the insurance company of the coach, not the, the family members. Right. But those officials got brought through all of that. And that that's what can happen, you know, and, yeah. and that's what we need officials to go out there and prepare. And, and they also need to look, you know, to make sure is, is this particular level that I'm working covered? You know, there are some states around the country where you are covered no matter what you're working, but there's others that it's only specific for high school if you're registered with that particular state association. Um, there's some that might only cover that particular sport. So you kind of need to do your due diligence. And I think that's why NASO has become so popular because it really helps you with all sports, all levels, all games, no matter what you're working. Right. Right. Well, it, like I said at the beginning, it, it, the minute I saw that, I was like, yeah, this is, this is a no brainer. It, it's the, the, the cost is minimal, but it, it's a perfect, way to, to protect yourself. Um, yeah. From, from I mean, I get it. I'm an official there. myself and, and, you know, you start out the season and everybody's coming after you for dues and I got to pay this and I got to pay that. And, and some of these topics are not fun to talk about, yeah. but it's the reality of what we're dealing with in this avocation and the professionalization of our industry and what's going on in the sports culture as a whole, that if you want to go out there and be successful at it, if you want to do this, then You've got to have X, Y, and Z so that you are protected. You've got to make sure that those elements are there. And and you mentioned the other things that they'll get on top of it with regards to training and resources and education. Sure, sure. So, yeah that 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 was that was the second major piece I wanted to hit. Um, there there is one other, and and this is more geared towards associations themselves. So the association advantage program. What what do, what do you what does an ASO offer with that? Yeah, that, that 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 program is simply designed to help associations run their association better. And I said it earlier that a lot of times you all of a sudden are the president of your local association, and that's great. You won the election, and 
and you're excited and now you go, now what? And someone hands you the keys of the association and they're not giving you any materials to help you run it. Sure. Um, you can do it the way you should. But again, this is another industry. This is probably where we get more claims than even our 29,000 plus members, individual members, is on the association side. So there's just ways that you have to protect your association. One of the biggest things that's happened in the last five years is that schools and school districts have become much better in what they're doing with regards to risk management. So now we see a local associations that have used the facility for training or meetings or other purposes for many, many years, and now they have to provide a certificate of insurance. Right. So the association goes, I, I don't have insurance. Well, you need to have insurance and you need that certificate so that you can use that facility. But oh, by the way, you are protecting yourselves and your association should a claim come that also involves the association or one of your members. And it goes back to that shotgun mentality of lawsuits that I talked about. They're going to name multiple people within the lawsuit and the association is possibly one of them. Right. So right. that associate, and, and then it's all different ways to run meetings, different ways that you can help uh, structure your bylaws and constitution. I, trust me, none of that stuff is the fun stuff when you get elected or you have to run the association. Nobody tells you about it. Nobody hands you this book, but we have one and it's called the association membership guide. And it's really the Bible to association, local association management. So that if you have questions on contracts or attendance policies, or, or you need to figure out how, how to go through a, a, a member who possibly is upset and wants to appeal a ruling, all those types of things so that you're doing it the right way to help you stay out of the courts, to help you stay out of claims, to help you run your association better. And then hopefully that all together helps bring new members to the table. Sure. And, and I, I know I'm a member of three different associations, depending on which sport I'm in. And mm -hmm. uh, the, the football association that I'm a, a member of, it, it's a large organization. It's been around forever. Um, it's, it, you know, it's got all the, it, it knows what it's doing because it's a major business um, yep. because it's football officiating in central Florida. That's a big deal. That's um, a big deal. So, some of the other ones, they're smaller and, and you can feel the difference and they're not doing anything wrong, but it's just they don't have that that history and that 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 organizational knowledge um, yeah. to, to work off of. I feel bad for a lot of, of groups that I meet with once in a while. And, you know, you look at them and say, OK, well, where are the bylaws of the Constitution? And I, they might be in a garage from the president three times ago. I sure. They just don't think about it. It's not front of mind. I get all of that. I mean, this is not fun. And, and many times these are volunteer positions and, and everything else that gets attached to it. So having some resources available to help you do those things, because you hit the nail on the head. And I, I, you can tell right away whether an association is run the way it should. And just because it's run that way for 30 years doesn't mean that's the way it should be run now. Um, so a lot of these things to help further the association, to help guide it into, you know, 2019 and beyond are available to help because that's the one area of officiating that we feel. I mean, I tell our, our staff all the time, listen, there are other tools and resources to make you a better football official. There are other tools and resources and training and video and other things that you can watch besides what we offer but there's nothing from an association management side to help you better run your association. Sure. Sure. 
So that's we, we, we mentioned four of the benefits that NASO brings. Uh, what are what are some of the lesser known ones that 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 are really great to highlight? Yeah, I, I think you know we've heard a lot of positive things on this Marriott VIP card, and, sure. and those that travel, and it just doesn't have to be specifically for officiating travel. I get that question all the time, but you want to take your family on vacation or otherwise, and you have this card. I mean, it can save you substantially depending on where you're going. Um, depending on what types of properties you're staying in. But now with the merger with, with uh, Marriott and Starwood and all the number of properties that are available, we hear a lot of positive comments with regards to that. Um, obviously, there's additional buying discounts that they get on some of the educational resources that Referee uh, produces and the, and the litany of training materials that we do on, on an annual basis. You get a, a discount automatically to umpatire.com. Um, you know, 10% off anything that you would buy through them. So there's those other buying discounts. I guess sure. the last one that I talk about a lot that is mainly intrinsic, um, you wouldn't see a dollar amount back, but it's really that advocacy side. I mean, you're belonging to the National Association of Sports Officials, and that means NFL officials and, and college basketball officials and, and seven, eight, ten conference football staffs in addition to a youth soccer organization in Pennsylvania with 3,000 members and of which 1,400 are students. And it's the only national group out there that is going and trying to do the things to help better protect officials, whether that be legislation in states or when, you know, other things we've done in the past, as you see a commercial that paints officials in a, in a negative light, we're, we're going to get involved in that kind of stuff. We're going to do as much as possible to help portray our avocation and our vocation positively. And some of that is sportsmanship and sporting behavior and getting the stories out there of when officials uh, aren't treated the way they should and other things like that. So that advocacy side I know is intrinsic and hard to pinpoint back to, but it is, and it does resonate with a lot of people that they belong to this national group like you would if you were a physical therapist or a teacher or otherwise. Um, and, and there's power in a collective voice. For sure. For sure. Well, that's uh, it, it, to me. It's it's a great benefit. Um, every everything we've talked about is is worth the 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 price involved, and and it's about a game fee, if I remember the 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 price of of the membership. Yeah, um, it, you know, if you sign up today, it's one hundred and sixteen dollars. There are plenty of discounts that we offer throughout the year to try to entice people to sign up for a lower rate. Sure, um, but. The value I think that you're going to get out of it with the magazine 12 months out of the year, with the insurance behind you, with the other resources and, and the extra pages in the magazine and the newsletters and, and the other things that are available, uh, in addition to really enhancing the image of sports officiating, um, certainly speak for itself. And, and I put my head on the pillow every night knowing what I do for a living and where I work, that it's one of the best values and deals that we have available in officiating. For sure. Well, I, I, I appreciate you you coming on and spending your time telling us about it. Um, it it's it's an important thing, and I, I hope uh, I hope this reaches people and and more people get involved. Well, I, I certainly do as well. I appreciate everything that you're doing with regards to the podcast, with, with what you're doing for high school football officials and and officials uh, within Florida and across the country. Um, the more we can do of this, the more that we can bring to enhance the image of sports officiating, the better we can train our officials, um, the better this industry will be. And it really has become an industry. And um, I have the greatest amount of respect for individuals like yourself, as well as all officials that do this on a daily basis, sometimes for 
not a lot of money, but an awful lot of criticism, but they're able to find the value in it themselves and, and the personal satisfaction that they get. I tell people all the time, it's the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life, but without a doubt, easily the most rewarding. For sure. For sure. Well, thanks again, Ken. Um, great to have you on. And, and I'm sure uh, if, if I don't make it to Spokane this year, uh, I'll pr probably try and make it next year, uh, wherever it well, is. Uh, and, uh, we're Montgomery, Alabama. So we'll be much okay. closer. Uh, in, much uh, in, closer. <laughs> yeah, much closer. So um, we, we look forward to it. And uh, like I said, I appreciate the opportunity to be involved and talk about NASO. And anyone who has any questions can certainly visit our website or contact us and We'll be glad to answer any questions or provide any further information. Sure. And I'll, I'll grab some of that contact information from you and we'll put it right up there so that people have access to it. Great. So, all right. Well, thank you again. Have a, uh, have a good day. Okay. You too. Take care. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group, Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.